Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. I'm David Campbell. And I'm Joseph Whitney. This is Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction processes, technology, BIM, and beer. Welcome back to another episode of Brewing with Bim. What's going on, David? Ah, oh, not much, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. Doing well. Uh, you know, gotta ask you, what are you drinking? So today, man, I actually kind of went all out and bought one of the most expensive six packs I could find. So, yeah. Dude, you balling on a budget no more, man. What's going on? Right. <laughs> well, we have this, uh, well, actually, we, my mom, uh, where she lives in Walkerton, has this little uh, liquor store down the road, and uh, it, they let you do kind of pick your own six-pack from craft yeah. beer. So, six. yeah, yeah. I went around, and I picked a couple um, local brews, so I wanted to start with what's called a, a mail-order bride, which is a Russian imperial stout from Bear Hands Brewery in Goshen, Indiana. So I'm going to start with that one, and uh, then I'm going to end up working my way through. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. These are kind of special, and we're going to see how I do towards the end of the podcast as I'm thinking. <laughs> but I found a, uh, a couple of barrel-aged series um, by Avery Brewing out of Boulder, Colorado. Oh, and there is a... Rumkin, a rumpkin. It's an ale brewed with pumpkin and spices aged in rum barrels, 16.9%. It was bottled August 1st, 2017. And then a Uncle Jacob's Stout aged in bourbon barrels, 15.9%, bottled February 6th, 2018. And then even to get even more fancy, to get a little bit more fancy on it, right? We're going to take the ABV. We're going to take that to 11 and 12% back down, though, because I don't want to be belligerent by the end of the podcast. So <laughs> I got a Chimay Doré, which is the gold. And what's funny about this is it's a Trappist beer. Yeah, and, I love Chimay. And I've never had it before. And um, the uh, the lady at the – what was it called? Oh, Off the Clock in Lakeville, Indiana. That's what it was called, Off the Clock. Um, wonderful lady in there kind of – toured me around and showed me many different beers that they had that are local and um, some that she gets that are pretty rare. And the Chimay was on there and she's like, yeah, it's, it's only brewed in monasteries. And that's pretty neat, man. It's very, very neat. So I was like, all right. And then we're going to finish it up with a dirty little freak by Duclaw Brewing. All right, man. I, yeah. uh, I feel ill prepared on the alcohol front then. Uh, you're going all dark and heavy. Uh, you got some yeah. nice tra- Trappist breweries in there. By the way, I'm a big fan of the Trappist breweries. I don't know if we've ever had this conversation before, but I'm all about that. Uh, Dude, we, have a- we could have a big conversation on that. I did not know about it until oh I started gosh. reading it. And yes. It's so cool. Yeah, it is cool, man. Talk about like you know the old school monks brewing beer type thing. Yeah. It's an awesome, awesome, cool thing to think about. Um, so I'm keeping it light, dude. You're going all heavy and dark, and you're going to be full, like, 
two beers in, by the way. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I'm a. I haven't had too many ghosts of ears, and I haven't really found too many ghosts of ears here in the U.S., but I've got this dogfish head, Super Gosa. Uh, it's called Super 8. Um, and ghosts are typically um, half half corn. No, half half wheat. Sorry, half wheat. Um, right? It's half corn or half wheat. I'm, what is it called? It's a Gosa, G-O-S-E. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this one has like it's very it's like a it's it's a wheat sorry uh, it's a wheat beer um, it's traditionally half wheat in the in the um, oh fifty uh, percent grain yeah. bill being malted wheat yeah 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 that's it fifty percent of the grain is malted wheat and uh, this one has like it's a sour it's got like um, uh, let me read the back so I don't butcher this. <laughs> It's got um, Hawaiian sea salt, quinoa, and like a whole multitude of delicious fruits, uh, boysenberry, blackberry, prickly pear, mango, raspberry. Definitely the raspberry comes through, uh, and kiwi juices. And I don't know if it's the kiwi, but I get like a hint of watermelon, the the sourness from that. Um, I don't know. It's fantastic. Um, It's it's not what I think of when I think of dogfish head beers. not as local as you. Uh, this is in, you know, Dr. Shed's Delaware, but, uh, uh, you know, right at the low end for me on the alcohol, 5.3%. I'm, uh, I'm not going to be catching up to you anytime. Pacing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. That's probably the better idea. <laughs> it, it, it's all right, though. I've got uh, two and a half of these, and then after this, I'll be switching to some Elvis juice. Uh, they just opened a I – I drank this so much on the podcast, the uh, Elvis Juice and um, uh, uh, Brewdog. They're Scottish-born, Ohio um, Ohio brewed. Um, well, they just opened a place here in Pittsburgh, so I'm really excited about that. Nice, dude. Yeah. And this, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this Imperial Stout, I am a fan. I mean, I love Russian Imperial Stouts. Old Rasputin, you give me an Old Rasputin, I'm good to go. This, uh, this Mail Order Bride, it's uh, pretty good. I can taste the chocolate and the vanilla kind of coming through. That's what I love about stouts, man. You can give me, I can, if I could be a fat kid and almost eat cake while I'm drinking beer, <laughs> I am like in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick back and uh, drink something a little lighter. It's been a little too hot lately for me, so maybe that's part of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, lately in Indiana here, it's been hot and humid, and I was stuck on a lot of the, uh, the fruitier, even the the lining kugels, the summer shandy, lemon summer shandy. Oh man! But uh, today actually got some good rain last night. And it knocked it down to like, you know, 60s, 70s. And I'm like, ah, oh, right. Uh, That's refreshing. Yeah. Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah man. We, we've been kind of in the same boat, although it just rained uh, today. In fact, it's probably still raining. And um, it's just even more humid. It's not the temperatures, you know, still 85. <laughs> just yeah. <laughs> humid, muggy. Yeah. So, but uh, because of the heat the past few days, I, pretty much uh got on the um corona bandwagon you know figure i'd beat some coronavirus with some corona lights and see how that turned out um still here still taking so maybe it worked i don't know (laughs) (laughs) 
But uh, oh, anyways, man, uh, today's episode. So um, to take a note from another podcast I listened to, uh, shout out to Construction Dorks, uh, Travis Boss and those guys. Um, this is kind of an episode about nothing. Uh, we are not going to talk too much about BIM. Um, instead, we're going to talk a lot about brewing today and beer and different setups. Um, I just started piecing mine together. All that stuff gets here this week. Um, and over the next um, week, hopefully uh, hopefully the week before or the weekend, yeah, the weekend of or the weekend after 4th of July, I'll be able to uh, start brewing. But um, uh, I'll start recording videos and do some write-ups on my setup. But uh, I wanted to kind of talk about, uh, you know, what we got going on on that front, as well as discuss um, AU 2020 and the different changes that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, some interesting stuff. So, without like jumping too much into the surprise of my setup, man, uh, I know you've got a setup already. What are you? What is your current process? Do you so? Do you sparge? Do you brew in a bag? I mean, what's your what's your current? So, um, mine, I'm kind of transitioning. Uh, when I first started, I was doing the um, the brew kits. And, you know, they would give you a mixed set of grains. They would give you the malt, um, any of the sugars or the yeast that you would need to pick. Essentially everything in a box and, and a recipe to follow. Who so that was that simple from? enough. Actually, um, it was a place in Valparaiso, Indiana. And um, it was the homebrew store. And uh, fantastic, fantastic owner. Actually, every time I went in there, if I had any questions on it, he'd always help me out. Um, I told him after, I think it was my fourth or fifth brew kit that I had done. So I tried I tried brewing wine and actually had pretty good results there. Did a Blackberry and uh, a Concord, um, just kind of red wine. And um, then I moved over into beer. When I made my transition from, uh, it was the brewer's best, right? I started out with five gallon buckets, you know, and you'll get a little aerator and then you get a carboy. Um, different things like that to kind of start brewing through. Um, but as I was ready to kind of transition up, uh, I ended up getting a conical fermenter. I was going to look up the name of it if I could. Um, I will definitely recommend this to anybody. If you are looking to um, get into brewing, look up a conical fermenter. Just because what you're going to notice is, with mine specifically, which here's a picture of it, to the fast ferment, um, conical fermenter. Um, what you'll notice is uh, with with beer, typically your yeast, you know, all everything that you put in. If you're making a stout, you put some like cocoa beans in there and and some vanilla beans, kind of what have you. After you um, put it all into ferment, you know that you're going to get some sediment, right? And one of the hardest parts about um, well, trying to brew your beer, trying to kind of filter through, check it, is actually getting through a lot of that sediment. And we know that with um, any bucket, anything that you kind of brew into, the sediment is going to move down to the bottom. And with the conical fermenter, that's kind of perfect because it traps everything in the bottom. And what you'll notice is mine has a little uh, shutoff valve right in the bottom, and it has two little balls that you can kind of take out and put underneath it. So what you can do is take this catcher, it's a little plastic piece, and um, you open your ball valve and a lot of the sediment will fall down through into that that catcher and then you can kind of remove that out, out for the process but another great thing about it is when you're going to bottle you can just take the bottom piece off still keep it capped and then just take off and put a bottle attachment to it and open the uh 
the, the valve and then it runs through and you can fill up your bottles. Fantastic. Now, if I'm going to talk about the whole brewing process itself, for my, um, for my wart ton, I actually have – or mash ton, I'm sorry, mash ton to make my wart. I have a cooler. I got like a 55-gallon kind of like uh, cooler, and what I ended up doing was I found that there's a attachment. You can take the drain out, and you can actually replace it with a – it's a metal piece that screws in, and it has a uh, – a wire screen, like a wire filter that goes out a ways. Like a bazooka screen? Is it like 6-inch or 12-inch? I, I got the 12-inch. I got the 12-inch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, those and bazooka filters, man. They're awesome. They're awesome, right? Dude, all yeah. the grain, everything like that. Because um, that was a big problem that I had. You know, I mean, if you're, you're trying to brew a lot of beer, a lot of the um, mash tons, like some of the bigger ones, it costs a lot of money, right? Um, and it's very hard to get into brewing more beer unless you buy a bunch of different containers, and then it's all kinds of weird. You're trying to balance out the amount of hops and spread it out, your yeast, all that kind of stuff. It's doable, but you know what? I don't want to do a whole lot of math. <laughs> you know, I'm good yeah. with just figuring out what my recipe is and putting it all in and adjusting it little by little. But um, yeah, dude, when I made that mash ton and, and I was able to run everything through um, the wart, now I will tell you, uh, getting a wart chiller also is going to be a big, big help. You got to cool that beer down or that wart. Sorry, you got to you got to cool your wart down. And uh, there's nothing like sitting on a cooler <laughs> trying to you know or something you know trying to keep it in your sink and just put ice around it or cold water as much as you can to try and cool it down for I don't know like an hour or two. If you can run it through a wart chiller and then take that you know, uh, temperature down almost, I don't want to say instantly, but down quite a bit, that's going to help with the time of that brew. Nice. So what are you using? So first of all, what are you uh, cooking in? What size pot? So I was using a, uh, I was using a 10 gallon um, stainless steel. And I I initially, I started out with a seven and a half gallon or seven gallon, but I realized that for the five gallon boils, it was good. You know, but for anything I wanted to do bigger, obviously it wouldn't work. And then a big tip I'll give anybody out there is do not go with aluminum. You have to go with like a stainless steel. Otherwise, um, one, you're going to have your beer tasting kind of metallic because uh, a lot of the metals will actually from aluminum will melt out into it. And then um, it actually <laughs> they don't me, melt the it leaches the, the leaches flavors. Yeah, yeah it leaches yeah. the flavors that's what it is yeah. yeah um and then uh well ask me how I know right but uh you'll also get uh, a little warping effect on your on your turkey fryer there so it, it doesn't work too well I'm I'm always going to advise that stainless steel no I'm I'm with you man especially because um if you ever scrape the sides of it with any, like if you use a, we use stainless steel in, in Mm -hmm. brewing because it's easy to sanitize. So if you used a wood spoon to stir, um, you know, you're more likely to transfer bacteria into your beer, Mm -hmm. but, um, that's probably the only thing you could do to not scrape the sides of your aluminum pan. If you're using aluminum, because more often than not, you're going to want to stir with a, a stainless steel, uh, spoon. Mm-hmm. And um, you're gonna scratch the sides of that more than likely, and get some metallic flakes. And, and it might not seem like a big deal, but uh, the thing about beer is every little thing adds to the flavor. The yeasts in the in the air add to the flavor. Um, so 
yeah, I'm with you, man. I hear you. Yep. Aluminum is not the way to go. Um, so you're 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 doing a turkey fryer. You're um, is this what like so uh, on your turkey fryer to do a 10 gallon pot? Is it like the 200,000 BTU or the 65,000 BTU? How big is the burner? The actual uh, that's a good question. Ceramic I'm not sure. Piece? I'm not sure. Well, the ceramic piece itself is probably a good. I'd say. Um, 12 inches sorry i said ceramic i meant cast iron yeah well the the, yeah the cast yeah the the metal piece cast iron piece the burner itself is probably i'd say a good 12 inches around 12 inches to maybe 12 to 14 somewhere right around there um oh i'm not sure the part the flame actually shoots out of yeah where the propane i got is like yeah, the part oh, I man. got, it sits on top of it. It's about it's about that wide. I got one, I don't know, I think it was from like Harbor Fur or something. I got like this industrial one that I could find and uh, kind of threw that together. Yeah, I figured it would work. <laughs> I mean, it works. <laughs> yeah, I bet you're boiling pretty quick with that, man. Dang. Actually, yeah, yeah, it, it gets up and goes pretty quick, um, which is nice because you got to, you know, you'll have to get a rolling boil when you go to pitch in like your different types of hops and then kind of stir it around and, and make sure you're rolling again. Uh, it, it's it's nice to be able to get something that can, um, that you can control like that and then can, I want to say, um, get up there quick. But that's also, I, I do want to, kind of put a note out there it's kind of scary too you got to watch it you have to be very mindful of your thermometer and of how like how fast it's going up and monitoring that heat because if you're putting too much heat and you're thinking you're good and you know a few minutes into your boil it's 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 rolling but it's over what you need it to be you're going to burn it and in yeah. that sense too it's going to change the ta- the whole taste of your beer yeah you just wasted a bunch of grain um mm-hmm. Just uh, is what it is there. Yep. Uh, yep. So, so you're you're transferring from this 10 gallon pot into the cooler. Mm-hmm. Why why aren't you doing? I'm just curious. So here, why aren't you leave it in the in the pot? So I did leave it in the pot, but I found out that it was a lot harder to um, to cool and kind of monitor at that point. So I ended up transitioning it to the cooler. Now my goal, the reason I got the cooler is what I really want to do is actually be able to fill the cooler with boiling water and maybe some type of, um, unit that I can control. Now, the reason I like the, the cooler in the sense is because it keeps the temperature, right? It's very insulated. It keeps that temperature. So I do like that. And then being able to use my wart chiller in the cooler, um, for me, I like it a little bit better Um, because the beer can kind of wrap around it and then I can kind of just drain it from there. But in, in, in the sense of being your mash tun, the cooler can actually do it all. It's just, you have to get a good boiling temperature of that water. So are, are you doing like a brew in a bath, brew in a bag? Right now, yes, I'm doing a brew in a bag. I had started getting, um, getting more into recipes like, uh, researching the different types of grains, what flavors they'll bring out and things like that. But I hadn't, uh, I really hadn't gotten that far into, I was getting into it, but I just, before we moved, I I didn't have the chance to just dive in yet. So yeah, I have a, uh, a red, a red pale ale and I think a farmhouse ale or something like that. I got a couple of a brew in the bags. Which nice. I still like those. I mean, honestly, 15, 20 bucks, you know, maybe 30 bucks and they'll give you a bag full of grain, you know, and you, they'll give you all the different grains. They'll give you a recipe. Your hops are in there a lot of times. Yeah. Well, so I know brew in a bag. I probably shouldn't have said it that way. Brew in a bag is, is a, is a term for a setup you can pre-buy or, but what I was referring to is 
uh, brew in a bag, uh, you can use your own ingredients, but you're still using that that bag, that cloth bag. Oh, um, yes. And the reason you're talking is, about the uh, like the the cheesecloth kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a mesh bag, like 250 microns, something like that. Um, that bag, um, you know, there's this big debate on, you know, do you want to brew in a bag or do you want a filter, a mesh filter? you know, say, oh. you know, 400 microns, 300 microns, whatever, yeah. that you can uh, sparge so that you can dump hot water out of it. So you're not boiling uh, all of your water at once, mm-hmm. and instead you're rinsing with hot water, and the idea is that you're capturing more of, uh, of that, um, that that flavor, that essence, yeah. that, that beer, and you're able to make higher um, strength beer. But that said, I've like, heard people making, you know, 74%. All that sort of stuff just from using boil in a bag. So that's kind of where I'm going this way. I don't have any um, uh, like preference one way or the other. In fact, I have never done the sparge method. It's just something I'd researched, and yeah. uh, I, I didn't know if any if if you had. I didn't, I, I've never seen your setup. I didn't know, man. No, uh, yeah, yeah, no, yep. yeah. I still I still brew in a bag. I got the um, the mesh bag that I'll boil through the water and then let it drain out and. And make sure we get all of the uh, tan. Well, I want to call it tannins, but you know. It is tannins. Yeah, no, it's yeah, tannins. Yeah, yeah. We want to get okay. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I think that's the you're, word. You're right, man. Yeah. <laughs> get all the tannins and stuff down into your into your water or into the wort. I'm sorry, and uh, then transition it over. I I, I am still there. Right, it's an cool. interesting method, though. I think boiling the water and then continuously pouring it over there. I think that'd be a interesting thing to try. Yeah. It, I think it requires a pump, uh, essentially, and like a um, recirculating. Yeah, yeah, like a recirculating. They make this uh, so Grain Grainfather uh, makes this all-in-one system. It's like a thousand bucks. But to anybody out there that's just starting home brewing, I promise you, in in two years, you'll spend more than a thousand bucks on your system. So <laughs> don't worry about it. A thousand bucks up front is not that big a deal. Um, but anyways, it allows you, I think, to do five gallons. Um, but it's like, it's just an, it's an electric element. So no propane, anything. It's like a self-contained unit. But what it does is it has a pump already built in. So you don't have to buy any of these, uh, you know, third party things and, you know, piece your system together like I did and like you did. It's all just one self-contained unit. It boils, uh, it chills, it's, um, you know, you've got the recirculating pump on it. Like it does all that stuff and you just press some buttons. There's an app you control with your phone. Um, so that's that's pretty cool if people that are just getting into it think that what we're talking about is way, way too over their head. Technically, you can do this easily. Um, a lot so, of times, guys, if you if you check out uh, or just go and talk to your homebrew stores, right, they will have so many people there that are usually very inclined to talk to you and share their knowledge. Um, there are a lot of forums out there as well. I, I liked uh, so I started with, as I said, the Brewers Best Kits. And I really like that because it gave me an idea of – so not only did they give me an ingredient list, but they also tell you. They break down the process of what you need to do and why you're doing it. So in that sense, I'm learning, you know, yes, I'm adding these hops at this point in time, but I know why I'm doing it. In that sense, it begins to build that uh, – I want to call that base, right, that base of brewing, that brewing base for you. And you can kind of build off of that and say, okay, I'm done with these kits, but I know that I need to do this, I need to do that, I need to do this. And you can start customizing your own setup from there and kind of growing with it. And also in terms of tweaking the recipes, because I don't know about you guys, but 
me being a cook, I love to tweak recipes and see how I can just make things a little bit better. Or, you know, if I'm, if I'm making like a, I want to call it like a blue moon kind of style beer, I, how my, maybe I want to bring out more of the orange flavor with it, right? What can I do with a little bit more orange slice? Or maybe I'll take some orange extract and put it in my secondary fermentation stage to see if I can bring out a little more of that zest, you know, something like that. I love doing that with my beers. And it gave me a good place to start with to be able to do that. Yeah, that's, that's, you hit the nail on the head. That's what all of us do. If you even look at a recipe online, you're the type of guy that, uh, or gal who, um, you know, deviates from the norm. You're like, I think I want to try this. I'd like this more. This is that's what home brewing is about too. Yep. It's finding something somebody else has done. You know, maybe you'll follow it to a T the first time around to see how it tastes. But then after that, the next time you're just like, I want more raspberry. I want more. <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever. I'm, I'm gonna I want make to. this mine. Yeah. That's exactly it. Or I want a um, higher or lower gravity, whatever. Yeah. Um, so you said something earlier that is something that I've been kind of wrestling with in my head, and that's a secondary fermenter. Um, how critical is that for you? So it depends on the type of beers. I mean, if I'm making porters, if I'm making stouts, I mean, honestly, I love to customize my beers. So for me, it's pretty important just because that secondary fermentation stage is really where you can add more flavor, right? The primary, yeah, you're looking to establish your OG and, and you're looking to kind of measure your ABV and and kind of see what your what your beer is going to look like um but if i'm honest i think i think a lot of that flavoring comes in that secondary fermentation stage the extra uh flavoring that you can do so i i for me i feel like it's important yeah i mean i definitely think about an ipa if you're dry hopping you can dry hop in that secondary fermentation stage uh, or you can do it in the in the keg but um if you're bottling beers that's the only place for you to really do your dry hop is that's secondary true. fermentation. Yeah, unless you're um, putting them in a barrel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think about, for me, like secondary fermentation for the process that I'm doing, though, I think the, the only thing or the best value that it brings is clarity um, to the beer, yeah. to the beer. I can't, the bear. The bear. <laughs> the bear. It's a bear bear. It's a bear beer. Bear bear. Yeah, the beer. Uh, it's the Texas in me. It's butchered my accent so much. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Yankee by birth. I grew up in, in Texas. Uh, and then, uh, it, you know, it, it creeps its way back out every now and then. Um, so, man, I haven't told you about my system yet. And I have done a lot of research. Uh, I haven't brewed in like seven years, but I've been geeking. I mean, because I've been spoiled. Northwest, right? I mean, come <laughs> on. Um, but that said, man, like I've been like trying to figure out how to do this um, and do this right a system that be good for a while. And then most of it, I can just, you know, uh, reuse if I decide to uh, up to a 10 gallon, cause I'm going to start with a five gallon. So um, what I did first is I got a 32 quart pot. So uh, eight gallons, mm-hmm. eight gallon pot. It's uh, it has the filter or it has the, um, it has the uh, spigot already in it, and it's got a thermometer in it. It's all stainless steel, obviously, for for the for the sanitation purposes and, and the flavor. But it comes with um, a false bottom, so a second filter with you know yeah. like two inch legs on it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not going to burn the grain. Uh, and then also it comes with um, a bazooka filter. So like what you were talking about earlier, it, uh, putting inside of your your cooler, I've got that in there. 
Um, so I'll do all my stuff in one in this pot. I'm not going to switch to a mash tun. I'm going to leave it in there. I'm going to do the brew in a bag because that's the method I already feel comfortable with. Yep. Not to mention there aren't too many um, uh, fine mesh, um, you know, food safe uh, screens out there that fit certain pots, the pots that I'd like to use. So um, kind of, you know, limited there. That said, I'm going to replace this pot, and I already know this, uh, probably two years from now is my, my guess. Mm-hmm. I'm going to switch. I'm going to get uh, a keg, an old, you know, 15.5-gallon uh, mm-hmm. um, half keg and a half barrel, and I'm going to, you know, cut the top off of it and use that just because I imagine this pot that this this pot that I bought is probably going to last two years. Um, I, I think that they're just making the metal so thin these year, these you know, recently. I don't know how long it's going to last if I'm continuously brewing um yeah yeah so i don't know what what do you feel about your pot do you think it's gonna last forever what do you think no no good lord no no i'm i'm literally just planning on going until it's it's scratched up a little bit and then i'm gonna toss that thing out and then get a new one um but i've been i've been kind of watching different ways to to do you know your your boils right and i mean there are some very very expensive setups that you can get into but uh, (laughs) yeah that's I mean, the big thing at the end of the day, though, is um, like uh, how much beer are you going to brew, right? I mean, and how much money do you want to invest in this? How much time do you want to invest in this? And there are so many different options that you can go where you're going to invest, you know, a little more money, but it's going to last you, you know, five to ten years. Otherwise, you know, me going to like Harbor Freight or the I'll, I'll actually, if I'm honest, I'm going to go to the restaurant discount store and find me some stainless steel pots. And I'm going to be like, let's do this. Go, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I like your setup, though, because it's got the, the, the thermometer gauge and a spigot. That makes it very, very nice because me, I'm a. Uh, old school in it with two hot hands you know over here trying to pick it up and and, and dump it out into, <laughs> into something so, else so i'll be honest uh the reasons why you like it are not the reasons why i bought it one the so the thermometer it's an analog thermometer mm-hmm. so it has to be calibrated quite a bit uh i think what i'd want to eventually get is just a, a long digital thermometer and uh trust that probably more yep. um and then to the spigot doesn't really mean anything to me and here's why i invested in a magnetic drive pump so uh, i don't the spigot's just (laughs) pointless but uh finding good quality stainless steel pots on amazon um is pretty hard when you can't touch them yeah so i had to go with one of the higher rated ones um i think my whole setup uh again i've still got a lot to piece together but uh, I think I'm all in, you know, war chiller parts included, probably like 300 bucks. So That's not, not uh, all, yeah, not, not a fortune, man. I'll be all right. I still got to get uh, a few more things, like I said, but uh, I think all in all, I'll come in under 400 bucks um, and it's going to be a sick ass system. It's um, yeah, it's same, you know, same thing for you, like turkey fryer, stainless steel pot, mm-hmm. um, you know, brew in a bag. Uh, only the main difference is being, uh, I'm not doing a mash ton because I'm I'm sticking in that that pot. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a pump to help with research to help with recirculation, um, and as well as transfer. Yeah. Um, I've got five gallon buckets for my uh, fermentation and my secondary form fermentation. Although I'm I'm a little hesitant on the secondary fermentation. 
because I'm not going to bottle. I'm going to corny kegs, man. I'm going to a Cornelius keg. Really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I found uh, a... So Cornelius kegs. I don't. Are you familiar with Cornelius kegs? Uh, pony kegs. Uh, it's a Cornelius keg. It's 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 different, and the reason is okay. it's a it's a cylinder keg, and it's used mm-hmm. primarily um, for syrup. Soda companies use it. Oh. So uh, Pepsi does the um, I think Pepsi does the ball lock, and Coke does the pin lock. Whatever. One of them does uh, one. One of them does the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I found I managed to find a ball lock used one for like fifty bucks. Um, and the, the thing about the, these kegs, uh, as versus a regular keg is instead of like tapping it and filling it through that way or pulling out the insert and then filling yeah. it that way, this has a quick release, uh, canister that's about uh, three inches in diameter that opens right up in the middle and you just pour it in right there. So it like just opens, fill it with beer, close it, gas it and you're good to go. Oh, okay. Yeah. And now, you can, and you can, can you clean it? Yeah, yeah, it cleans pretty easily. All that sort of okay. stuff. Same thing. Uh, some star sand in there. And yeah, clean yeah, it yeah. Some uh, uh, single step or whatever, one step. Um, uh, I'm gonna obviously clean the hell out of it, but Dude. I'm gonna dry hop in it because it's. I bought a a, a a dry hop, you know, uh, tube that'll fit right down in there. Same you know, <laughs> size. Just drop it right down in there. Yeah. It's got a little chain on it. Yeah. Nice. Heck yeah, yeah, dude. One of these days, what I really want to do is uh, is brew, but I'll put it into a uh, barrel. I'd love to put it into like an uh, get a used Jack Daniels barrel or maybe a Buffalo Trace or something like that. You know, maybe even get stupid and get like a whistle pig or something like, you know, just <laughs> something fancy, little, little fancy and be like, all right, cool. Let's we're going to do this and uh, we're going to bring some of this whiskey taste into my beer. I mean, nice, man. Yeah, right. a little bit of that char. Dude, that's uh, mm-hmm. I'm on board with that. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like a dream, but we'll. I think I'm think I'm going to get it done. And, and you know what we'll do is we'll plan a party at that point. Just have everybody come over like old school Viking days. And we're going to open this freaking barrel, and we're just going to drink until it's gone. Uhtred Ragnarsson. <laughs> that's going to be a hillbilly hog roast. That's what that's what that's going to be. <laughs> I like that, uh, man. Billy Hogros, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I got this this setup, and I would I'm I've gone back and forth over wart chillers, and I, I've I've settled on what I'm gonna do. But what are you doing for a wart chiller? I mean, so most of the ones that I've seen are like copper pipes. And they'll have one end for a hose and, then, you know, a hose on the other end. And then uh, you can hook it up and then just run your water straight through the copper, which uh, luckily copper being so thin and kind of, uh, I want to say, insulated in a way, um, it's going to keep a lot of that colder temperature as the water moves through it. And then I can kind of recycle it to help cool it down. Yeah, man, dude, I've been uh, all over this. You, For those of you guys that are just beginning, there are a million YouTube videos and you'll understand the science of why <laughs> – you do certain things. So uh, I'm, I'm going with a, a, a homemade wart uh, chiller I'm putting together. Going to Lowe's or Home Depot, I found um, uh, uh, refrigerators, you know, soft soft copper refrigerator uh, coil, mm-hmm. uh, 3.8, yep. you know, um, very, um, very easy to, you know, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't need a pipe bender to bend it is what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. You can, so the idea is uh, measure your pot. Come in maybe you know three inches on each side, yep. Yep. Um, and so find something cylindrical that is that size. 
and then just wrap it around that. That way you don't need a pipe bender and it's malleable. So mm. that way there's no kinks in it. It's yeah. just easy to do it that way. Um, so that's what I'm going to do. I got to go pick up the, the rest of the stuff to go do this. But um, instead of, instead of like, you know, having a hook come out and putting a garden hose attachments on it, I'm just going to do straight um, uh, food grade vinyl tubing coming off of it. I'm going to put one end in my um, uh, pump. Uh-huh. Um, oh. Yeah. hose up to that. Yeah, yeah. One end in my pump and then one end in, in my um, – So sorry, I should rephrase this. It's not the pump that's being used for my um, – for my, you know, the magnetic transfer. pump. It's, yeah, it's not the magnetic yeah, yeah, drive. Yeah. It's it's a it's like a fish tank pump. It's one that yeah. gets like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. It moves water. It's a pond pump. Yeah, pond yeah. pump. Yeah, yeah. So you just you, what you do is, um, so the idea of work tillers is you're gonna burn 30 gallons of water cooling down your beer pretty much. Yeah. It's a lot of wasted water. It sucks. Um. It sucks because that's water you're paying for. Damn it. Yep. Uh. So a lot so of people thought they yeah, so a lot of people will thought, well, but if you recirculate it, you're not you're taking it down as much yeah, as the water's taking, hot. That's it, and it's taking you longer yeah. to cool beer, which is giving you more more chances for uh, uh, bacteria. Yeah, bacteria, infections, all that stuff. So a lot of people, what they do is they save that water, and that's what they use to clean their their stuff up later with, and that's a smart idea. But I watched this one YouTuber, and it was a pretty smart idea. Um, get a cooler, uh, fill it with ice and water. Um, but then what you do is you put a submersible pump in there, you connect it to your ward chiller, um, you connect the other end, you connect another end, the other end of your ward chiller, uh, the out, um, just dump it right back into your cooler. And what it's going to do is it's going to suck the cold water up, push it out, dump it back in there. And all you got to do is keep adding ice to it. Um, yeah. And it's just going to uh, keep it, keep it nice and cool, man. Uh, I like it, that idea. Apparently it cools your your uh, like a little cool like a five gallon seven and a half gallon in like 20 30 minutes so that's pretty nice. Oh, that is yeah. nice. Heck yeah, yeah, dude. Give me a little more. Yeah, heat. that I can tell you guys the wart chiller is a very good idea. Otherwise you are sitting there for an hour or two trying to you know dump enough water or ice around it to try and cool this thing down. Yeah, just to get fun. to 70 80 degrees. That is crazy. Yeah. It's gonna take you like two hours to get to 70 to 80 degrees. Uh, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Um. So so that's my plan is to to use that recirculate, um, and then uh you know use the use my other pump to transfer, um, to the wort chiller, all that fun stuff. But or to the not to the wort chiller to the fermenter, and then if need be the secondary fermenter, and then to the straight to the the corny keg, and um. Uh, you know this. We're about to remodel our kitchen here. So the refrigerator that's up there now is coming down in my garage. So I'm just going to move the shelves around and have a nice little spot for my corny keg. And yeah. Away she goes, man. Dude, my goal eventually would be to have um, – I want, I want like two or three of those conical fermenters, and they have wall attachments. So you can actually mount it right on the wall. 
and then I can go through and maybe have a, a, a wine brewing, a cider brewing, and you know, a beer, or maybe like a sour and a porter. Uh, dude, I got I got so many different tastes going on at one time. I'm like, I want you, I want you. If I can yeah. have a couple different, you know, a couple different fermenters going at one time, give me a couple different, uh, give me some options, right? Yeah, it sounds good to me. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, I can tell you, we don't, you know, at least me, I don't like to drink the same thing over and over again. Uh, at least not straight. You know, it might seem like I'm on the same kick. But uh, I do switch it up quite a bit and uh, drink um, numerous things, like just all kinds of different things. Yep, yep. Um, like, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever. Just well, saw you, man. You got 30 different types of beer today just for this <laughs> Dude, hour, hour and a half podcast. So this damn six-pack cost me $23. I was yeah, like, well, we're doing it. <laughs> we're <Yeah>. doing it. <laughs> That's a, that's a pricey six-pack. It is a pricey six-pack, the most expensive six-pack I have bought. But I can tell you, as of right now, the Mail Order Bright is amazing, and we're going to move on to, I think, the Rumpkin next, and uh, we'll see how that one goes. Cool, cool, man. Cool, cool. Uh, I'm actually, now that I'm talking about this to you, uh, I'm actually rethinking the need for a damn freaking pump if just because I have all those freaking... Uh, <laughs> Things like oh, I could get 80 bucks back. Why not? I don't know. I'll yeah. think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's a pretty good investment, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know, dude. I mean, I think, um, I mean, well, I, I think the circulation pump pushing your wart chiller back through that's obviously, I think that's a good idea because yeah. you have to move the water from the cooler through it. There's no other way other than getting a pump. Um, well, or maybe I just return that. Uh, a submersion pump and juice my, just use my magnetic drive pump to recirculate water. Uh, put one end in the water, put the other end. What's that? So what you need to look at is the temperature of water that your pump can handle. That's a big thing too, because you don't want to melt any uh, any gaskets or seals. But I'm only pumping cold water. Oh, duh. duh. Yeah. So I'd be taking the ice water. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. Uh, I'm taking oh, the Lord. ice water. Uh, yeah, yeah. This one's at 10.2. I'm getting a little warm already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, dang. Anyways. 10.2. That's barley wine, my man. That's Ooh, crazy. Yes. Um, yeah, so I'll do like the um, one end in the cold, um, the other end going to the uh, ward chiller, and then the ward chiller directly to the thing. That'll save me $20, and that way I can rationalize keeping my magnetic drive pump just for the hell of it. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 That way I can transfer when I, if I ever want to. Oh yeah. Yeah. There you go. I was looking at all of those different pumps, but obviously for a different reason for my aquaponics setup, um, and getting a, a, doing a lot of research on what pumps can move how much water and what rate they can move water at, how high they can go with the water if it, that, you know, if you raise it up. That's the most important thing is finding a pump that'll push, you know, seven and a half feet in the air, 10 feet in the air uh, mm. uh, up. That's that's a hard thing when you look at these little pond pumps uh, trying to make that stuff work. Yep. Yep. It's a lot of research, guys. If you're going to if you're going to do any type of pump setup, I would definitely advise researching all of the pumps. Don't just go to Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards, whatever you have by and pick up the one it's like oh it's 100 gallons uh, let's check to see the lift of it and everything like that and what it'll push 
Well, and at that, like, is 100 gallons per hour enough? Well, it depends on your setup. Yeah. Yeah, if you've got two rows and they're 10 feet long, you know, what are you mm -hmm. growing? And, you know, you could easily, easily exceed that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So for me, I was looking at you know, three different grow beds for different veggies and things. And it was like, all right, uh, we got to dump, you know, uh, how much water do I need per grow media at this point? And I need this one, this one, and this one. So I need to make sure not only can it do the lift, but it's also going to provide the appropriate amount of water that I need for this entire area. And then I can do a you know, a switch at that point to go ahead and fill up the other one. But at the same time, if it's doing all three or what have you, one after the other, you have to add all of that volume into those calculations to make sure it can handle all of that, that area or volume, whatever it is that you're measuring there. Yeah, exactly. And um, I, I was thinking about this. Most of those plastic pumps, those little submersible pond pumps or whatever, they don't have ball... Um, uh, joints on, they don't have the, the handle like to nope. control the, the, the flow rate. Like, I think if you're going to put one of those in, that's probably like a good idea so you can control the output and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, different times of the day, especially if it's an external one with the green roof, greenhouse, yep. uh, different times of the day, you're probably going to need less water than more water, that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, I know they make uh, like sprinkler systems with apps. I'm sure somebody's got like a an app for your phone that can control your 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 hydroponic pump or something. Oh yeah, dude. Well, yeah. at this point, you know, it's just a timer. You get yeah. one of those timers you can plug in. <laughs> I was go, looking man. at all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, dude, apps on your phone that would be legit. Get like a Wi-Fi pumper or pumper. <laughs> get a Wi-Fi pumper. pumper. Get a Wi-Fi pump that can you know have an app to your phone. Ah, feed them my feed my plants now. There we go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I think, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if it's just the home brewing in me or uh, kind of the, the old chef in me, that kind of stuff. Uh, I've always had this like this knack for doing something just a little bit creative. Um, I got to make something, you know. Uh, I jo used to joke with my wife, I was like, you can give birth and I can't. I need to create something. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, you know, whether great. it's growing plants or you know just making something with my hands, like I, I build a lot of furniture, I remodel my house, I do whatever I can do, yep. um, and, and I have a lot of fun doing it, and I, and I definitely enjoy the, the final product and that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, but like lately, just thinking about this homebrew stuff, it's like, it's got me, you know, I don't know if I told you this about like pickling veg, like I'm pickling everything right now i'm candying lemons and like <laughs> we make you know breads and pastas from scratch man like yeah. we're just on this kick um I, I don't know man something fulfilling about it hey it is dude it really is growing your own veggies brewing your own beer um i don't know if i told you adrian actually got me a uh, a smoker a pit boss smoker for yeah. father's day so I have been chatting you know, with you. I don't think about yeah, this. Yeah, dude. Oh man, she got she you know gave me the picture of it, and she's like, "This is what we're going home to. We're gonna it's gonna be home when we get there." Dude, I am so excited. Like being able to smoke my own. Like I have dedicated smoker right now. This is gonna be amazing. Like I can't wait to to just try and and smoke. I I can't. I I'm 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 really very very excited. If you couldn't tell. Yeah, it's but, definitely a step up over the side box you got, man. Yeah, I mean, the side box dude. is nice, but it's nice, 
but what I found out is every time I lift the dang lid to replace some charcoal or some wood chunks, I'm losing heat, man. My smoke, uh, my smoke was going to be an eight hour smoke, but now it's went to a 12 hour smoke because I've had to do it so many dang times. Yeah. Uh, But on, I mean, I get you completely creating something that's yours, you know, that, um, in, in my mind that brings happiness or pleasure to other people, right? That is awesome. Oh, yeah. If, if I can lay out this huge roast and you guys take a piece out of it, and you're like, this is like the best damn thing I've ever had. That goes in. That's like, yes, win. Yeah, that I, I, uh, I concur with that feeling wholeheartedly. And the reason is, um, dude, I'm a freaking like. I'm going to say it. I'm a guy. I'm a garbage disposal. It doesn't matter <laughs> if the beer shit. It doesn't matter if the, the food isn't, uh, you know, five star or whatever. If I made it, I wasted money on it. I'm still going to eat it at the end of the day. I'm still going to drink it at the end of the day. Yep. But when somebody else is like, damn, that shit was amazing. I'm I, I, that's that's that a very. Yeah, yeah. Or and not even, you know, this is the best I've ever had or anything. But like, wow, that's really good. I really yep. enjoy that. Like, that's just a. Hell yeah, I'm going to start making this guy. This person appreciates us. I'm going to make them some more stuff. Yes. Yes, yeah. dude. I uh it was last week actually. I uh it was my what was it? I'm trying to see what party it was. I don't even know if we had a reason for to party, but we ended up getting ready to go over to my sister's house and before that my mom had said, "Hey, um I got a couple briskets that have been in my freezer for a year." She's like, "Do you want do you want to smoke them?" Yes, I do. I definitely do. She has a propane and electric smoker out there. So I started researching different ways to smoke brisket, different recipes, you know, and what I finally came up with and something that I really thought I'd like, and I I absolutely loved it. I'm not going to lie. I found some Hungarian paprika. Hungarian smoked paprika. Yeah, Yeah, dude, some smoked paprika, some little bit of brown sugar, and some lime (laughs) cayenne pepper. Lime cayenne pepper with uh, some salt and pepper, a little bit of garlic, of course. Um, Dude, amazing. So I took them over there and uh, had a bunch of people, you know, try it. Awesome. This is just great. Like that flavor. I was like, dude, it just it felt so good. Right. To be able to to take that to a party. And, and people are going back in for like seconds and thirds and fourths and like uh, people are like, hey, can I take some of that home? Like that feels amazing, right? It's, yeah. it's awesome. It's awesome. It really is. And I get you completely there. And, and that's what I think uh, a lot of people get into, you know, home brewing, get into smoking, get into cooking, you know, baking, what have you. They get into it. I, I don't want to say for that, but that is something that uh, yeah. does breed it. It does breed build that kind of passion for it right you know what's like the 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 greatest thing about all this is uh it seems so intimidating to do this stuff it seems so intimidating to um make something from scratch but like once you do it even if you mess up once you do it you're like that wasn't that bad like yeah like dude like i make gnocchi all the time from scratch i make mozzarella from scratch all the time i like you know, I make my own pasta sheets. I make my own, you know, for lasagna, all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, my wife's upstairs making uh, bread as we speak. Like, yeah. dude, it, it takes, like, an hour out of your day of actual prep. And then everything else is, you know, take five minutes here, go check on it. Take five minutes there, go check mm-hmm. on it. Easiest thing you'll ever do. Yep. 
but very rewarding very rewarding um the uh the the beer thing though that that is a little daunting though because it's so technical there's so much science in in beer uh beer making that kind of gets taken for granted oh i agree i definitely agree there's a lot there's a lot that can go into it and you could make it as hard as you want to that's the beautiful (laughs) thing about brewing beer yeah. You can you can make it as difficult as you want to or as easy as you want to. Yeah, I'm going to go on the easier route there, but <laughs> So I think I've settled on my first beer. Uh, I'm going to do the um, probably a 60-minute IPA. That's probably the, the route I'm going to go. This is cool. I don't think you can see it, but this beer, one of the things I really love about, uh, about watching beers after you pour it is if you see the carbonation. Like I love that cascade of a beer when it goes up all the bubbles come up down from the bottom and then it cascades down into itself but uh i opened the rumpkin here it's the ale brewed with pumpkin and spices aged in rum barrels they've actually got the uh chunks of pumpkin in the beer that's exciting yuck are you kidding me this pumpkin pie with uh, alcoholic pumpkin pie it's an adult pumpkin pie at this point drink you you lost me at pumpkin and beer man that's uh it's a big no-no. Uh, oh. I know that was a big thing a few years ago. Um, I created like three different memes because I just I, I could not take it, man. Like oh, this is good. That's good. Pumpkin and beer and cinnamon and whiskey—they're just oh, it doesn't work oh, for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> if I'm a fat boy, bro, if I can drink my dessert, I am down. <laughs> Give me a pumpkin pie. Put a little bit of Cool Whip on the top of it or some cocoa whip. Some cool whip. <laughs> cool whip. Can I Anybody get some uh, candy yams in my, in my beer? <laughs> oh, man. Call this one Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Love that we were both there. Uh, no, awesome. I mean, to each their own. I'm not going to knock it. Hmm. I may even try a sip every now and then, but I'm not going to yeah. spend money on it. It's not, it's not for me. Uh, I used to do... I mean, we talked about this in the last podcast. I used to be a big fan of um, double chocolate stouts, uh, oatmeal stouts and stuff like that. I used to drink like, I think there was this like beer called Young and Sons or something like that. And I used to just buy those all the time and just yeah. drink them, man. Uh, just, whoa. I've had my, my share of bad beers, of heavy beer. I've had just about every kind of beer. Okay. Um, Trappist breweries were, were, they stuck with me for a few years. Um, yeah, I think the longest one though for me is probably IPAs. It's the, it's the bandwagon that I just can't get off. It's, it's destroyed my taste buds. Okay. Yeah. Destroyed your taste buds, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks. I can't, I can't drink anything else. It just, it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was, um, I was walking through walking through that store earlier and I'm like, ah, what do I want? What do I want? And then I see a West coast IPA and instantly I'm not going to lie. I went to judge mode and I'm like, this is really going to be a damn West coast IPA because it's brewed in the Midwest. I feel like just because you feel you're following a recipe, (laughs) I feel like you're following a recipe and you can call this a West coast. Doesn't mean it's a West coast IPA. (laughs) Oh, I see a lot of like East coast IPAs and also I'm like, what? Like, First of all, difference there. Are the hops grown on? You know, are the hops grown there? What's going on? 
No, they're they're definitely not. But no. uh, first of all, you're <laughs> you're you're brewed in Oklahoma. You're claiming you're an East Coast IPA, and IPAs, sorry, East Coasters, taste better from the West Coast. They do. I'm not gonna lie about that. There's that's hands down. Anybody's yeah. gotta. Yeah, the, the West and, Coast, man, they have the hops. And the exception is Brewdog, and that's because um, they're on the West Coast of the UK. They're not, but I'm trying to make up some reasons. <laughs> They're oh, on man. the west coast of the east coast. They're on the, the west coast. coast of Europe. Duh. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, they do have the west coast climate, though. That's the thing. Um, so the UK has that west coast climate. So that might be it. I don't yeah. know. Stick with it. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I mean, you know, I, 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 think, Ohio. I think that climate, though, honestly, is uh, has a lot to do with it. It that does, except for it's brewed in Ohio, so I don't think that helps. It was just the idea was just born in Scotland, but it's brewed in Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where are the hops grown? You know, I haven't looked at uh, what hops they're using. You know it's what's probably- crazy? You know what's crazy though? So I was just thinking about this. I was looking a little bit into it before we started our podcast, um, because uh, the Trappist actually got me thinking when I was looking on looking at it. You know, the Trappist talks about. Uh, uh, the different flavors that you can that you can feel with the or taste with the beer itself, um, and that some of them are salty depending on the water that it's brewed in, dude. So it's not until you know I I grew up in the Midwest and I moved out to the West Coast recently, and um, as I've re- as I've recently come back to Indiana to visit some family, I realized out on the West Coast I do not have a water softener in my house. Like I, I, you do not have a water softener. Like I don't need salt for my water. I yeah. come to Indiana. I need salt for my water. There is so much iron in my water. If I do not use a water softener, my insides will be orange. Like I mean, my tub is dang near orange with iron. And I'm like, all right. You think about that, and and all of that that goes into the brewing of the beer and the water quality that's different in where it was brewed. I mean, like you think about something being being brewed in Oregon versus something being brewed in Ohio. Yeah. If I can get aquifer water, mountain aquifer water over something that's being conditioned, that's a different taste altogether. You could brew the exact same beer, but that's going to be a different taste. It's all it's all technically conditioned in some some way. Well, I don't know, you're close you're sandy, you're closer to the mountain. But yeah. in in so I lived uh, about 5 minutes south of the city of Portland. And we um, we had no water softener either, but we were on the same water supply as um, Portland, and it all came from um, the the snow mountain Mount Hood. Like that's how we got our water. It's it's refreshing, like it's good water. If you go up to like Lake Trillium and you just see how clear that oh, water is, man, it's, it's just not. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. It's amazing. Crater Lake, man. Crater Lake is what? Well, Little Crater Lake is 40, 45 feet deep. And you stand there at the at the at the edge of it, and you can see all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. 40, 45 feet deep, and you're just you can see every little thing. Where's Little Crater Lake? So Little Crater Lake is actually up on Mount Hood, over uh, by uh, Timothy Lake. I have never seen. I man, damn it! Next time I'm out there, I'm gonna go to Little Crater Lake. <laughs> it's pretty neat, man. It's a it's a cool little thing to see. All right, I, I went down to the real Crater Lake, and that is. Just breathtaking, beautiful. It's so amazing. It's um, 
it's it's all glacier water, rain and glacier water. It, you know, a glacier filled in. That's you know how how it uh, you know the volcano filled in all that fun stuff. Um, and and actually the volcano is still active. It's forming Wizard Island right now. As you know. Really? Yeah, I didn't know if you knew that. Like there's a little wow. island that spread it up. It's called Wizard Island, and it's uh, from Volcanic Cinder. Uh, no, I haven't been to I haven't been to uh, the big crater lake yet. I haven't been to Bend. I've been really wanting to go to Bend. I haven't heck, been man. yet. Dude, I know, right? I love you drove here. To Why Indiana, would I not man. go to Bend? Drive three hours and go to freaking Bend. Damn it. <laughs> Dude, it's not even three hours. It's like an hour away from my house. I could drive an hour and be in Bend, but no, I have not been there. But I will drive 36. No, it's it's like an hour, I think. Maybe it might be maybe maybe, no, maybe it's two. Probably like two, two. Yeah, because I was just thinking Madras. Once you're in Madras area, it's a lot shorter, and you're not too far from there, I think. No, uh, I don't. Yeah. Either. Yeah, I mean, um, but the, again, the water in Oregon is is pretty nice. Here, I've got a water softener. I'm with you. In fact, yep. I saw it, and I'm like, I think that's a water softener. I've never seen one before, but I think that's a water softener. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, just it is what it is, man. It it's, is. It is. Kind of sucks. So you're right. Two and a half hours from Sandy to Bend. All right. But that's not bad. You drive that's like good. three and a half hours to Seattle like twice a week. So yeah, or twice it. a month. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That yeah. is true. <laughs> I'm not even going to say anything about that right now. Oh, Let's man. just move on. <laughs> Let's go. Cheers, yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. Um, damn, like that sea salt is really coming through in this. Dude, I'm not sure I like this rumpkin now. I was trying really hard to like this. I was trying really hard to like it. It's a $4 bottle of beer. It's one of those where you're like, I'm going to try really hard to enjoy this. Yeah. I mean, I was I was all for it in the beginning, but it's a little too much on the um It's 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 uh the gross side. Well, it's not enough of the pumpkin for me. It's more of like the fake spice. I'm like, ah. Oh, that's horrible, man. Yeah, that's the part that kills it for me. It's like, oh. Ah. You if you that... did more cinnamon in it, I feel like I'd be cool with the cinnamon and pumpkin, but I'm not sure what else that is. Probably some cloves or something, some anise. But a lot of times they do synthetic esters, like um, fake seasonings, fake, fake, fake chemicals to mimic the taste of uh, spices. Uh, like yeah. uh, artificial flavoring to make it seem like it without the cost of it and being able to introduce it, you know, throughout, like, so it's more rounder in that flavor. Um, and, and, um, the biggest, uh, example of this, uh, have you ever had like powdered al- apple cider, like the packets that you mix with hot water? No. Um, no. they are the most disgusting, um, drink a hot you know you know just add water drink i think you can get okay it is so gross the fake apple flavor the fake oh the apple spice. cider stuff yeah you're talking yeah. About. yeah yes yeah. i'm like fake applesauce no bro no apple, apple, cider, cider, yes. apple cider yes yes actually that's kind of what this tastes like it's kind of oh, yes it's kind of what this tastes like yep yeah that fake, hard. fake apple that fake uh uh chemical mm-hmm. like um cinnamon and the and eat like it tastes like it came yeah. from syrup that's what it is yeah. i can't do it it tastes like it's an apple pie that's from cloudy with a chance of meatballs <laughs> like it just appears <laughs> in front of you <laughs> no, no. you know <laughs> can't do it man can't do it not for me uh, mm, yeah i'm trying i will continue uh working my way through this uh because i'm dedicated but 
Like I said, man, once once a guy spends money on something, whether he makes himself or buys it, uh, if there's money that went into it, they're going to finish it. It's just the way it it's is. It's going down. Yeah. <laughs> the only time, I mean, very few do I end up having to throw some stuff away because it's either one, it's inedible, it'll make me sick, obviously. But just flavor-wise, like having to like dump something. Um, this happened to me with uh, – oh, damn it. What is it? It's like um, – I think it was like a right there. Yeah. Rehydrate while you dehydrate. I think it was called Jack Daniels beer or something. Does this ring a bell? No, the Jack Daniels punches do. I've never had the beer. I think it was Jack Daniels beer. And it was like um a cinnamon or something like that. It was, uh, it was so gross, man. It was like one sip and then I dumped out the whole six pack. I couldn't find anybody to give it to. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks when you can't even find somebody to give beer to. That's hurtful. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Is it Jack Daniels? Beer. Uh, maybe it wasn't Jack Daniels. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't Jack Daniels. I'm just giving them a bad name. It was, uh... <laughs> so, um... Cerebus is this company that owns Albertsons. I don't know if you know this. They're like a giant um, um, like wealth management company. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Ah, damn. Uh, capital. Or like a portfolio manager kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Like um, Think of like Bain, like what they are. I'm blanking on the term. Uh, I haven't even had enough beer to blank on the term. Damn it, this sucks. Uh, uh, anyways... They, they own Albertsons, like a majority stock in Albertsons, um, but they bought Safeway. And this was while I lived in Oregon, so this was a few years ago, like five, six years ago. They bought Safeway. Uh, for those of you that don't know Safeway, it's a big Northwest chain. Um, so they were closing like some stores, like if the rent was too high and it was too close to like uh, like a competing Safeway or if it was Albertsons and it was too close to competing Albert, you know, yeah, if it was Albertsons could be Safeway and vice versa, Safeway to Albertsons, they would just say, all right, well, let's just you know cut our losses and drive everybody to the, the other store. Yeah. And uh, so anyways, this one store was going out of business. The rent was too high. It was after the acquisition. So they were just like, well, let's get rid of it. That Safeway had um, pretty much like a going out of business sale. Like everything was like 20 cents. Like it was just insane. I bought this beer, that disgusting beer that I was just talking about um like a six pack of it for like two bucks mm. and i tell you this it was two dollars too expensive man yeah. <laughs> they yeah. should have given me five dollars to to, to, <laughs> to bring it home but it, but that said it was the only beer that they had left at the whole store and that should have been my first guess like nobody was willing to to buy this for two dollars yeah. uh, so, <laughs> but all the other beer is gone so yeah. there's something you know to this uh, <laughs> That's awesome. Nobody else wants it. You might not either. Yeah, it was a bad, like, I thought I was, like, making a killing when I got there. Like, I bought, like, $30, and $30 when everything is, like, a dollar was pretty nice. But, well, like, $30 worth of, like, freezer food, like, you know, like, pre-made um, uh, Asian Asian food and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, oh, this would be good. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it. 
got home and it's all like, oh, there's a reason why this still was left and it, it's 49 cents. That's so gross. Throw it away, like, <laughs> throw away all this food, man. Just throw it all away. It just couldn't couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Man, bad, uh, bad experience. Man. Yeah, that happens. Oh yeah. man, actually, uh, I was gonna say, speaking of AU, I ended up submitting uh, two presentations, two submissions yeah. for it. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. to, to see if, uh, uh, you know, one, if they both get accepted, or two, if, if one, which one got accepted and why. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see. I mean, I'm hoping, obviously, that one of them, at least one of them, gets accepted. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. If not, I'm going to attend either way, obviously, to go through some classes and see what I can learn. Um, did, did you... Um, did you... Um, Look through the other titles. Like there's a, oh. there's a website you can go to vote on and you can look at other titles people have for their topics, like all their topics and their like little abstract. You didn't look at all that? No, I should have. Yeah, so once you submit it, it goes there. Yeah, once you submit it, goes there for other people to vote on. Where is that at? I'll send you the link, man. Yeah, uh, send me the link. I'd be able, I'd like to look at that and see. Yeah. That, that'd be good knowledge. I was just – I don't know, man. I, I – I, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about, uh, <clears throat> you know, transitioning. Well, we talked about it, transitioning into design, into construction, but also figuring out how we can tie more of the engineering of the design into construction, getting people involved with constructability earlier, and just different things like that. It's all, it's all cool stuff and kind of part of the process of how we can help improve what we're doing. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think uh, either way. As as we all know, AU, the different uh, conferences, they can be a great way to, I don't know, pick up some things that you may not have known, right? Uh, just little tidbits here and there. Maybe if you know everything, uh, well, I don't want to say everything, but you know mostly. Oh, I know everything, damn it. You do know everything. <laughs> <laughs> mostly yeah. everything. You can pick up a few tidbits here. Yeah. And and generally those tidbits are, are worth quite a bit. You know what yeah. I mean? You know what I've found over the past few um, conferences that I've been to? What's more valuable to me than the tidbits? Because the tidbits are great. It's just finding time to to implement them and remembering to implement them at the right time. You always remember to have damn, I should have done what they saw it at AU or, or Built or whatever. Um, I should have done that. Like, I always think about that afterwards. But the number one thing, like the biggest takeaway for me, outside of, like, networking, I guess. I was going to say uh, yeah, 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 outside of networking, networking is awesome. Uh, especially the last day of AU, man. That big party like, made a lot of friends. I'm, I'm just saying. That. I'm gonna yeah. miss that. Good lord. But yeah. but the biggest thing for me is riding the wave of excitement. So when somebody comes in, they do their 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 presentation, and it's got all these, you know, like you're you're seeing the stuff they're doing. You're like, oh my gosh, like yeah, I. Like, that's the idea behind BIM. That's the idea behind this communication vibration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the keynote or something. Like, you're seeing that, and you're like, this is the way it's supposed to work. We know this works. We know this does it. You know, we get maybe, like, one project like that every three years where we could do this. (laughs) But at the same time, like, you know, you ride off that wave of excitement. Like, he did it. It works. I saw it. Like, you know, he gave a presentation. And then you go back, and you're like, I don't care if this isn't the right project. I want to try this on this project. Like, it's, there's there's some excitement to it, man, and it's, there uh, is. There it's, is. I don't know. It's contagious, I, I guess. Is the, the it is thing. contagious. That excitement is contagious. Um, 
I, I, I think any keynote I go through when, it's, when I'm at the Blue Beam conference or Autodesk conference. That's canceled, you know, by the way. XCOM got canceled. It yeah. did. It did. I was like, all right, that sucks. But I mean, it is what it is. You know, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty happy that AU is doing a digital conference this year. Um, so that's pretty exciting. Do you pay attention to digital conferences? Uh, some. Yes, I do. If it, Like, I, I, I'll be honest. I will monitor the sessions of going on, and I'll kind of read through the different descriptions and see what entices me. And in that sense, yeah, then maybe I'll go and watch it. Now, in saying that, will I watch the entire thing? Probably not. If, yeah. if I'm doing... I mean, I, it's hard. If you're at a digital conference, um, you're still expected to do everything else that you're doing. You know what I mean? I still have emails coming in. I still have people to talk to. I still have workflows that I want to go through. I, I'm most likely going to well, put it up on a second monitor and just be like, look over every once in a while. Oh, that was a good point. So that's, I mean, that's the nature of us. If you're in front of a computer, chances are you have ADD and you want to multitask. Yep. I'll uh, I'll stream it so I'll have a uh, I'll have it up on my computer and then I'll do uh I'll stream it to my next monitor which is a TV on my wall so. and I'll just stream it to that one and then that way I still have my regular computer so I've got Excel here and our CRM and you know Outlook and all that fun stuff and I'm working I'm getting through some stuff but I'm half paying attention but here's the difference I'm only half paying attention. Yep. If I'm at a conference, our group, as you know, sits together. Mm-hmm. We all sit together. Our managers sit next to us. Their bosses sit next to us. Like Oh, and you're paying attention at that you're point. You're paying attention. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's playing on their phone. No. If we're at AU no. and, you know, your company shelled out endless sums of money for everybody to go, um, and you've got, you know, senior VP and the president of your company, all that stuff, and he's sitting next to you, and you notice he's taking notes, and you want to look good for him, you're like, I'm going to engage. I've got this. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a little bit different. And that said, you know, I'm a fan of digital conferences. I just, I, part of me feels like there's a lot of them going on at this time. Yeah. And the other part of me is like, there's not a lot of the ones I want to attend going on at this time. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard, uh, I'd say, filtering what you want, right, in, in that sense, because there are a lot of digital conferences going on, and there are so many That's, things I want to yeah. learn. Oh, dude, I'm like, oh, well, the Festival of BIM Digital Construction, oh, that's going on. Let's yeah. let's see what I can figure out there. Dude, do you know how many sessions there are? We're session number so 35. Many. Five, so 35. Yeah, there's so many sessions. Uh, what? This is a multi-day conference? <laughs> Multi-week, multi-month conference. I was going to multi-week. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I think I signed up for all sessions, and I get a notification, but it's in, like, UK time. I'm like, just send me the, the Eastern U.S. time, the time zone I'm in, so I don't have to go to Google and figure out when it's on, because I really <laughs> wanted to watch this session. And then yeah. find out it started an if hour I ago. Convert and... <laughs> time, the effort kind of goes down from there. <laughs> The effort to interest is like, oh, the more effort, the less interested I am. It's kind of like working out. Like, uh, oh, that one looks hard. Yeah, I don't want to go yeah. to the gym today. Now we're going to do that one. No. It's leg day. I'm going to stay home. Are you doing decline bench? What's wrong with the flat bench? <laughs> uh, it's the same distance. You just have more gravity. Mm, no, that's no it's not the same distance. But... <laughs> anyway, I mean, it, it, 
it is because you're only extending the same anyways yeah yeah topic um but yeah the the whole au thing it's going to be interesting autodesk does digital conferences really well uh as you know are you you're doing otx this week with me right yeah 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 for those guys that don't know what otx is it's one one team extremes experience experience i think it's extreme is it extreme i thought it was one team experience or one team conference well, There's OTC, OTC, yeah, OTC, and then OTX. OTX, that was one team extreme. Uh, Maybe one team experience. I don't know, man. There's Autodesk acronyms. Hold on, let's see it. One team. Boom, 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 boom. Autodesk. Helps if you put that in there. <laughs> One team extension. Oh, uh, extension. That's yeah, what it is. Because it's an ex- missed it. Yeah, yeah, we're way off. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. Not so, worms. We're not worthy. Um, <laughs> so for those of you guys that don't know, Autodesk hosts a uh, conference where we usually all fly to Denver. At we you know spend a few days at the hub. I think it's usually two or three days long. Yeah. Uh, everybody you know stays at the Hyatt Regency there. And um, we have our own mini AU session. You know, it's full of uh, trainings. It's full of um, uh, sales talks. It's full of a lot of great stuff. And it's, it's a great ecosystem for Autodesk. That said, this is the first year. It's going to be all 100% remote, uh, again, due to COVID. Um, so I think I've, it's like four sessions or something I'm in or something. like. It's not a big, not, it's not as uh, intensive as, as OTX normally is. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, that should be interesting. I'm over here debating on whether I really want to finish this rumpkin or if I want to move on to the uh, Shimei or the Dirty Little Freak. <laughs> I'm like, man, is this – we really going to finish this? We're going to do it, dude. I think that Shimei is going to be uh, um, a shock to your palate after drinking drinking that. Yeah, you're you're right. It's going to be com- – and that's funny. That's the funny thing. The six-pack I've yeah. – the six pack I've got uh, is uh, not really lending to each other's flavors or profiles. I got one that's all over the place where my palate's going to be like, dude, what the fuck is this? What is that? What is that? Yeah, <laughs> waking you up. I think you should do a shot of whiskey in between every one of your. Thing, you know? <laughs> it's like, it's like yeah. yeah, it's like sushi, man. You got to have a little pickled ginger or something. There you go, dude. Shot yeah. taste. <laughs> I'll throw some tequila back. <laughs> There you go. I just gotta wash my mouth out. Ah, oh, here we go. <clears throat> it's gotta be Tito's, though, right? Tito's. Or that's Tito's. vodka. Sorry. Vodka. Yeah, vodka. Or uh, I like Don Julio, the Reposado vodka or tequila oh, yeah. vodka. Reposado. Re- te- oh, wow. Reposado tequila. I think you were talking about that one on the last podcast. You're a big fan. Dude, I like it. I like it. That 1942. I mean, I can't. Uh, I can't yet afford the uh, big bottle. But one day it will happen. Well, you, you could just one of your kids doesn't get new clothes or new shoes <laughs> that week. <laughs> yeah, I could, but I'm gonna hear a lot from my wife after I buy it. That's for sure. <laughs> That's not you spent what? You spent what? Oh, it was only like 160 dollars on sale. <laughs> hey, you don't understand. This bottle is normally 185. I saved no. quite a bit of money. I saved quite a bit of money by getting this bottle. Yeah. 
and I want to put it in a decanter and let it sit. And one week later, did you let it sit? No, you know, it was so good. I just had to drink it. It, it didn't need to be decanted. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It was good. <laughs> the bottle itself is kind of a decanter. Uh, yeah. The there. there you go. It's got it itself. There you go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's anything like my wife. Well, honey, I really wanted this one. I was going to buy it eventually. And it was on sale. So I, by buying it, I actually saved money. <laughs> That's the way it works. You know how you could have yeah. saved money? By actually saving money. By saving money? <laughs> or switching your car insurance to Geico. <laughs> That's what I <laughs> I actually don't. I had Geico, and uh, Allstate came in when I moved here. Dude, so I don't know if I told you this story. It was really crazy. Um, do you know what a Sheets gas station is? It's, uh, it's the local gas stations here in uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, whatever. They're like like gas stations like none, none other. They're so freaking awesome. They're the greatest gas stations. Anyways, um, I went in there one day. I think we hadn't closed on our house yet. And uh, I think we were about two weeks away from closing. We were living in hotels. And uh, we were just, you know, frequenting the Sheets gas station that was right next door to our hotel for late night snacks and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and they sold beer. So I, I was always there. Yeah. Um, and they have got a good beer selection, believe it or not. Um, but anyways, uh, so I go in there and, you know, I'm checking out and, you know, the guy looks at my ID and he's like, Oregon. And I'm like, yeah, I just moved here and I gave him the spiel, uh, you know, like the 30 second version. And he goes, um, well, uh, so you're buying a house, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. Well, um, and he pulls a card out of his pocket. He goes, I'm an Allstate sales rep by day. I just do this, you know get some extra money, put my kids through, put my daughter through college. And I was like, well, that's cool, man. Um, so you only work here at night. You're not like, this doesn't like, you're my Allstate rep. I can call you during the day. You're going to be at work. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, all right, man, I'll let you quote me, I guess. And then he comes in and uh, like decimates freaking Geico. Half the price of Geico's quote, man. Yeah. I had been, been with Geico for like four years. I've actually never been with Geico. I go through Progressive. There you go, man. <laughs> yeah. Good old flow. Yeah. Good old flow. I like flow. I like, so. I like Jim, is it Jimmy, Jim, the redheaded guy, more than flow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His I like uh, the general. I like the general with Shaq most of yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and then he got my in, my car insurance, too. I was like... Well, can you beat my car insurance price? Because I got a bundle through Geico and mm-hmm. might actually throw out my car insurance price. And he goes, Oh yeah, no problem. And then he beat that too. I was like, Shit! Like, what the hell, man? Like, is yeah. this like a one-time deal? And he's like, No, this is it, man. I was like, mm-hmm. Peace right. out, peace out, Geico. Yep, peace up, eight down, down. Yep. But I've never had Progressive though. I don't think so. I've had Progressive for a little while. I, I, I uh. No, I left Progressive for with USAA. No, USAA, I was with USAA. Yeah, yeah USAA. USAA there for a little while, and then uh, then I was like, ah, I'm gonna switch back to Progressive just because. I mean, USAA is great, but uh, if I'm honest, like when we moved out here, it was nice to get somebody local. Like if you have a local insurance agent to go talk to. It's instead nice. Calling Texas. <laughs> yeah, instead of calling Texas, and then they gotta call somebody out and have them come look at it, and you know different things like that. It's cool, but it's a process and it takes time. Okay. If you're talking to a local adjuster, 
a lot of times they they're already there like they're they're right in town you can call them talk to them stop by and say hey what's going on and hey can you come look at this and and you can build a relationship with them whereas if somebody's in texas it's a little bit harder to and then uh they're going to make all the connections for you right they're going to call all of your adjusters and everything in the repair shop and everything that you can go to in that area that they'll support yeah yeah but how so, was the yeah. military discount? Was it worth it? Was it nice? Or? So, yeah, but honestly, Progressive beat their uh, beat their price. So yeah. that was an interesting one. Yeah. Huh. USAA, well, I will tell you, their customer service, everything, uh, hands down, awesome. Very awesome people. Awesome service for banking, uh, for insurance. Uh, great, great company. It's just at some point, I don't know, dude, I mean – that's a hard one for me because it's like loyalty, right? Yeah. If you have loyalty to a group, but it's a little bit harder when you're looking at the dollar amount. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's all right. I've been with these guys for five years. I can keep going. But if I can save 60 to to $100 a month by switching oh, to this group. That's, that's a no-brainer to me, man. 100 bucks a month, that's 100 bucks. Hundred bucks more in my pocket. Yeah. Thank you very much, but I'm gonna move over here for a little bit and see what they do. And if theirs is shit, okay, cool, I understand. I'm gonna move back. You know. <laughs> but you know what the the better part of all that was, uh, which you said at the beginning, yeah, saving hundred dollars. I'm thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, hundred dollars is great. But you know, if I could, you know, if I if it only cost me say forty dollars more or twenty dollars more, I would probably choose whoever puts that money back in my community. That's probably the, the bigger thing. Yeah, like if they're going to use a local auto body shop, a non-big chain, if they're going to, you know, all that sort of stuff. It just yeah. it makes yeah. you feel all that it sense of community. It does. It does. It really gives you that um, you're supporting the local business at that point. And it gives you that, well, as you're saying, that sense of community. It really does. Whew. I do not drinking? like this. I don't like that rumpkin. Oh, are you I'm still drinking it? Oh, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm almost done with it. It, it, it. At this point, it is now right, resembling. But, uh, woo. Let's chug it. Let's do this. Oh, yeah. Is that what we're doing? Okay. Yeah. All right. Oh, it's bad. It's gone. All right. Now you can move on. I can move on. Woo. All right. We're good. Need some vodka or pickled ginger now? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> Give me like a green olive with some like uh, garlic and jalapeno in it. Yeah, I'm down. Dude, uh, you are a Bloody Mary fan, as I know this, uh, as much as I am. And it's that's actually, that's what actually got me on the... Um, the pickling bandwagon is I wanted to pickle my own vegetables to make some damn Bloody Marys. <laughs> that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. It was hey, like dude, the height awesome. of, it was like the height of COVID and there was like no pickled asparagus, no pickled anything to be found. Uh, uh, and I'm like, damn, I need some pickled vegetables for my, uh, for my Bloody Marys. And they were virgin Bloody Marys cause the alcohol stores were closed, but I still love the flavor. Damn it. It's yeah. Sterile. And I like the taste. Sterile. And I like the taste. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, yeah, that's what started Bloody it. Marys. Bloody Marys saved my weekend. I uh, I had we gone we we gone we had uh, planned we to go? go camping. We gone. 
we plan to go camping down in Buffalo, Indiana, and uh, we were planning on floating the Tippecanoe River. Awesome. Awesome, right? Awesome weekend plan. Well, yeah. we had went and uh, pre I prepared at Costco. So Costco, if you guys don't know, has uh, pre-mixed margaritas, pre-mixed margarita containers, and they have like the original and then strawberry flavor. So I am all about margaritas when it's hot. And uh, I went and bought like four containers and I was like, this is going to be a great weekend. Well, uh, during all the hustle and bustle of packing for the camping trip, uh, yours truly forgot to pack the margarita mixes into everything that went camping with us. <laughs> and nice. we get down there, yeah, and I realized I had no margaritas. So uh, Dave was not a very happy camper. <laughs> Dave was quite upset. And uh, I went to the local liquor store, and I'm like, man, what can I get here? Um I found some Moscato Diasti and made some Moscato or uh, made some mimosas for the ladies on the camping trip. And I, oh, dude, they had some Tito's vodka and a local kind of, um, it wasn't an organic, but it was a local margarita mix, or I'm sorry, a local Bloody Mary mix. And the first thing that I look for in a Bloody Mary mix is I'm going to turn that thing upside down. And see what's on the bottom of it. If I can shake it, if I look on the bottom of it and there's a bunch of stuff and some sediment in there and I shake it and it changes a whole different color, I'm about it. I'm going to try it. The more sediment to me, the better, right? Yeah, and, the more spice, man. And, I love it. Yes. Yes. And I'm like, all right, so let's try these out. I tell you what. I had some garlic. Um, I, I bought some of the Costco olives before we went. Luckily, those made it on the trip. If they didn't, I would have been a little upset. But uh, I, I I took some of those. Uh, they were garlic and jalapeno stuffed olives. And then I threw those in there with some salt and pepper. And then we had to make breakfast. So I cooked some bacon and threw some bacon in there with it. Oh, kind of Bloody Mary, man. Bloody Mary's were awesome. On point. Yes. If I can get a meal, a meal inside of my Bloody Mary, I'm done. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I don't need yes. to eat. It's brunch in a glass, damn it. Yes, it is. That's a meal <laughs> in a glass right there. I'm but like, man, that's two birds with one stone. Yeah. <laughs> and when I was like, I'm not going to say how old I was when I was drinking and probably shouldn't have been. Um, <laughs> my friend's dad... Uh, would always let us come over there and drink and we'd party and have fun and throw keggers and all stupid stuff. And we all, you know, I mean, we were piss poor kids. Uh, we would drink Keystone Light, obviously, Dirty 30s and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, his thing was, uh, uh, you know, somebody would say, oh, man, I'm hungry. I need to go to Taco Bell or something like that. Too drunk to drive. Hey, who, who here can drive me to you know, Taco Bell or whatever? You know, somebody, this, this was a frequent occurrence. And he would just chime up and say, shut up. What do you need to eat for? You got pork chop in a can right here. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up in Texas, my man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I saw a freaking PBR the other day with – it was a a coffee. It was a coffee, like cold brew PBR. What? I had to stand back like, wait a minute, what? Damn hipsters. Okay. I do like cold brew though, so I don't, I don't know, man. I'm I would big try fan. it. I, I um, it. I have a cold brew set up. I just, uh, just never, you know, whenever I'm, you know, in coffee mode, I just don't. I never think about like, oh, let's take ten minutes and 
you know, set this up so tomorrow I can have some cold brew. I just never think about it. Fuck that, dude. My cold brew is coffee that doesn't get drank and gets put back into the fridge. That is cold brew at that point. <laughs> no, that's iced coffee or cold coffee. That is iced there's coffee. Difference. That's true. That's, there's a difference. Cold there brew is. is non-heating. You know the difference between cold brew and iced brew or regular coffee, right? Like the difference. Yeah, yeah. There's no heat involved in the process of it. Do you know so why though? Water. But um, do you know why? Do you know why there's no heat? So I, I don't I don't exactly know why. I just know it's the bitterness and the acidity that's, that the coffee well, That's exactly is. why. I don't know why, but here's the exact reason. That's, the reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's the bitterness and the acidity. Yeah, it's um, you're, you're not getting the uh, acidity or the, the bitterness from inside the bean. That's it. That's what it is. All right. Well, yeah. I guess I know that. <laughs> yeah. So um, usually use ice and, or and you know, use that to help. I don't know what the, the process, the purpose of the ice is, but, uh, one year, I don't know if it's father's day or birthday or something. My wife got me this, uh, nice little, uh, cold brew container and it's got like this insert down in the middle. You fill it up with ice and you put coffee in the middle and eventually it all melts and you got cold brew, man. That's kind of the whole thing. You pull it out and you're good. Heck yeah, dude. There you go. Sorry, my phone's going off. No, you're all good, dude. You're all good. The wife, she's like literally like right, you know, diagonally 10 feet. (laughs) Hey, what are you doing? Are you guys almost (laughs) done yet? It's been an hour and a half. Damn it. 9.45. Gosh. Gosh. (laughs) She can hear you talking shit. (laughs) Uh, No. Luckily, she can't. Um, Actually, so... My anniversary is Saturday, my 10-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah. And we, we, you know, seems like we've just been downsizing our plans for like the past year. And it kind of sucks because of COVID. But originally the plan was this is the year we were going to do a Spain-Portugal trip. We're going to drop the kids off with the the in-laws and we we were going to take off and go to Spain-Portugal. Well, that kind of, you know, fell by the wayside when we were like, all right, well, let's buy a house now and all that stuff. And that, uh, that didn't, uh, that, you know, you bought a house, you start doing projects and you're like, all right, we're not going to Spain, Portugal next year. Cause you yeah. want, uh, you want a new deck and a new kitchen, damn it. <laughs> but no, it's fine. It's fine. But, um, so we planned this trip. My wife's family's in upstate New York. We were going to drop the kids off and, uh, with them. And then we were going to take a weekend and we were going to go to uh, Niagara Falls and just spend the day just two or two days, just two of us hanging out in Niagara Falls and, you know, casinos and parks and doing all the touristy stuff. COVID hits. And now we're, we've condensed that even further to where we're driving to downtown Pittsburgh. We're going to go eat at a restaurant, uh, go to a bakery so she can, uh, you know, get all the goodies because, uh, you know, she's pregnant. She loves she's, she's craving and she loves sugar. Uh and then all four foot eleven of her, you know, hundred pounds. Just <laughs> sure. Um, but we're also, you know, looking at activities to do, and we're like, well, I think this is open. And then you're looking it up. It's like, oh, it's not open. Damn it. Yeah. Well, I think we can go do this. Oh, they're not accepting reservations. Can't do this. It's like, <laughs> crap. Well, what are we gonna do? So I think we're limited now. We're gonna either do an escape room. Uh, or we're going to do kayaking on the river. So we'll see. Dude, what... those both sound like amazing options. They do, but not 10-year options. It's not 10 years of marriage options. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, like it I, depends, I guess. Because well, we used to do escape rooms all the time, just as date oh, night. I love escape rooms. So yeah. Fun. And then. But a kayak. We've gone kayaking so, on an anniversary, though. Dude, well, in that sense, you could build off of it, though. A kayak down a river can become more than just a kayak down the river, right? Like, you can take anything that you want with you. I mean, I'm, I'm going to say, obviously, you want to try to keep it waterproof, but. Kiking down the river can turn into, I, I would think, time alone that can turn into, you know, different conversations or something that you give her out on a kayaking trip that you, only you two are there for. Pictures, experiences that you guys can go, like where you go can make a big like difference. like you're trying to give like a roundabout way of saying getting freaky on the lake in a kayak. And I'm just going to let you know, I think that's harder than you think. Oh, that's definitely harder than I think. Oh, yeah. It's definitely harder uh, than I think, but <laughs> you figure it out. <laughs> um, yeah. Dude, the, the Chimay uh, Trappist, uh, dude. Oh, man. Fantastic. Yeah, it's Fantastic. Silky, I like it. It's wow. Like, it's great. Very yeah. good. I was thinking, though, it might be too much of a shot coming from a pumpkin with all the spice because it's, oh, it's got I'm, a very thinking, mellow thinking nose like I've switched. I'm thinking, thank goodness I've switched because I just, I could not take any more of the rumpkin. Like I was like, I was thinking I was going to follow the rumpkin with uncle Jacob's stout. And now I'm like, I don't, I think I'm going to give that one a little break. I'm going to, I'm going to wait a minute until I do that one because that was too much. That was way too much. We're going to yeah. go with Shimei here. Awesome. I can yeah. sip on this damn thing all day. I mean, well, so it's not a uh, – this is still a decently thick beer. I'm not going to lie. It's still like a it, – it's got a good, uh, I don't know, frontal it, taste to it. It's it's, di- it's thick in a different way though because when I think of like the, the Trappist beers, I think of it in, instead of, think, instead of uh, drinking something that is like thick as in like it's got – it's solid, right? Like it's yeah. – it's like sticky and it sticks to you. I think of like a Trappist beer more as like um, uh, trying to figure out how to say this. Uh, something with good viscosity, like an oil or something like that. Like it's it's thin, it's light, it's 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 um, it's it's well aerated, but yep. at the same time it's got some 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 body to it. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the way the the Chimay I would feels. I would say that's a good that's a good definitely a good description. Yeah, that's definitely a, a good description. It's not I wouldn't say it's thick like a lot of your well the rumpkin or let's say um, <laughs> a lot of your porters or stouts are gonna be. Yeah. Fuck, oh, no. I'm not gonna say it's it's thick as your your porters or stouts are gonna be, but it may be a little bit more than like a shandy or an IPA. Um, but it's definitely got a really good taste to it. Yeah, it's got it's some really viscosity. Have yep. you have you uh, gotten down on any like farmhouse ales or saisons or? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of like that uh, on the front end of the taste. Like it's got that yep. kind of build up. I like I like those kind of beers, man. They're they're easy. They're easy to drink. And I have no idea. Like I think about it all the time. I'm like, what? how could I make that? that? That's a really good taste, too. I'm not sure what that is, but it is a really good taste, yeah. Orange peel. Yep, coriander and orange peel. That makes sense. Well, we yep. are cor- coriander brothers right now. This uh, this has got a boatload of coriander in it. Nice. Uh, boom. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think if if I was to ever make a beer and you know like a hard beer, I, I think that style of brewing is probably I would think out of my league. Like I, I don't think I could make that if I tried. Oh, the ter- a, 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 what is that? A Trappist. Trappist. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can't. I don't think you can. Can you? Well, there there's a reason why they're. No, Trappist, it's because there's only it's so many of them. My Trappist monks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, twelve monastery, twelve monasteries, six in Belgium, two in the Netherlands, and one in Austria, Italy, England, and the United States. Yeah, yeah. What's Top. the one in the U.S. Thelonious Monk, or what was that? Let's see, what is that? Let's see, um... Premier. U.S. Travis Brewery. There we go. Mepkin Abbey. I think that's it. No, Spencer no, Trappist. Spencer Hill. Brewing. Yeah. yeah, it's a Spencer. Out of Massachusetts, brewery. man. I'm gonna have to check this out. Oh yeah, brewed by the monks of St. Joseph's Abbey. Spencer is the first and only certified Trappist beer made in the United States. I have never had anything from these people, and they have a fruit series, grapefruit IPA. Yeah, oh, yeah peach saison, farmhouse fruit ale. There you go, man. Uh, yeah, I'm down for that. Dude, this sounds awesome. I want to check this place out. I said Thelonious Monk. He's a uh, uh, famous piano player. Hold on. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> Brother Thelonious Monk, yeah. Uh, Belgian style Abbey Yales brewed by Travis Monks. But it's not a true. Oh, it's a Belgian style ale. It's not a uh, full Trappist. Ah, it's not official. Spent grain is our main solid waste product. Local farmers use the grain residue from the brewing process as nutrient rich animal feed and compost. Hmm. Oh, and it's not even called Brother Thelonious. That's by North Coast Brewing. I'm an idiot, man. Uh, yeah, that's pretty interesting, though, man. Yeah, they reuse this is it. Very cool. Yeah. Which I mean, honestly, a lot of people are trying to jump on that 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 train, which we know that needs to be something that needs to be jumped on. It's a recyclable resources, right? Whatever can be used or what can't be used can be used in another instance. Um, <clears throat> yeah. When I worked in, uh, I worked for the paper, paper industry for a little bit and I found out in, in terms of like newspapers, cardboard, things like that, they can be recycled so many times until finally the fibers from the cardboard or newspaper can't be broken down anymore. And what they do with that is they actually take the uh, fibers from the cardboard and newspaper and send it out to dairy farms for animals to, um, well, I, I, what do I want to say, bed, bed in, 
it's betting really is that that's what it is <clears throat> and if it can if it can be used in any way shape or form i think that's awesome yeah it's all about reusing and everything the, the issue is um uh the hell am i trying to say is it's the preparation of its use like um like how much effort and time has gone into it like um trying to figure out what the hell I'm trying to say. Okay, corn syrup, for instance, right? It's made from recycled, um, like, corn husks. like Or not corn husks, the um, corn cobs. So the center of the corn, they use that to make the corn syrup. Um, but it's it's been prepared so much. It's got so much shit in it. It's like, do I really want to eat this? I don't know. It's just the way I think about it. That said, well, the cardboard it says, is pretty cool. It is. So I was reading a little bit more on Spencer Brewery. It says, with the blessings of the Abbot, we embarked upon a two-year data-gathering mission. We visited each Trappist brewery to learn everything we could from our European brothers. Beginning at the Abbey of Westmail, we slowly made our way around Belgium, staying at the monasteries and making friends, receiving good advice, and drinking some of the world's best beer. The final stop on our first trip was the Abbey of Saint Sixist. Sixtus. Who, who says being a monk sucks? Should right? be that light, man, right? <laughs> and more I swear up all worldly possessions if I can go travel around breweries in Europe and try different alcohols and then do my. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? 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 <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the um. The, the Trappist Brewers, that's an interesting one. I'm, uh, I think the monks that live there, or, I don't know, man, that's a, that's a different life. But at the same time, if I had to be a monk, I think that's something I could get on the board, you know, the bandwagon. If I had oh, to be a monk, I'd be a drinking monk. That'd I'd, be a drink, I'd be a drink. I'd be a fat monk. I'd be a drinking monk. A fat yeah. drinking monk. Yep. I'd be that monk from Robin Hood who was always drunk, man. Uh, <laughs> little John, yeah. <laughs> All I can think of now that I said Little John was freaking uh, men in tights. Dude, I was thinking of the fucking bear. I, I I'm drowning. Bear. I'm drowning. Uh, stand up. Dave Chappelle, man. He's hilarious. Oh, gosh. That's awesome. Oh, um, yeah. So we were talking about reusing stuff. Um, uh, again, probably a fact you didn't know about me in my mysterious previous life. Uh, so in college, I wrote my, like this, um, like, it's not a thesis paper. Uh, it was only an undergraduate degree. But it was like my final, like, keystone project. And it was all about uh, organic farming practices in the U.S. And I used uh, Vermont as a case study because Vermont has the most um, organic farmland um, in comparison with the total, vo- total uh, volume of land available. Um, California has the most organic farmland, but as far as total volume of the state, Vermont has the, the highest, highest rate. But anyways, one of the, um, things that I was studying was, um, this one farm that was close to the coast, they partnered with, I guess it was like a, a, a fisherman or something like that. And that, that fisherman had all these empty shells and he had no idea what to do with them. So they were just piling up and, and it was just empty, like, just a bunch of like, you know, shells from like mu- mussels and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Well, all the local farmers started uh, 
getting all the shells and using that to put minerals back into the back into the earth, and it uh, increased their yield and made you know better better crops and all that stuff. So like, like just thinking like little stuff like that, like the world can. Here's my hippy dippy, you know, hashtag Joey is a hippie. <laughs> the world can provide a life cycle for us if we choose to follow it. Uh, we do have a lot of waste that, you know, you can't really do anything with. But uh, there are a lot of things, especially organic matter, that, hey, you can use for nutrients, you can use for energy, you can use for just about anything. Yeah. If we put our mind to it, you know, there's got to be an ROI. You know, sometimes it costs more to do this than uh, traditional methods, so that's why it's disfavorable. But at the same time, if you look at the total um, total cost, like the cost of the waste, cost of the environment, again, hashtag Joey is a hippie. Um, <laughs> you know, there there is a there is a real cost that gets associated with that we don't that we don't really think about. Nope, you're um, right. Yeah, and this is I've been reading this book. You know, I'm on this library kick. You know, or this this book kick where I've been going through my own personal library. So I've been reading this book called uh, Beyond Oil. Um, and it's got me like thinking about like different, you know, if, if if oil reserves were to be depleted, what the hell are we gonna do? Like, you know, we're not really there yet with other technologies to fully no. take us away from it. Crazy we're stuff. Not. Yeah, yeah, we're you're right. You're right. There's <sighs> so many things we could talk about. Good thing we have a podcast. Oh shit. <laughs> Damn, people people listen to us? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dude, what? actually, you know what's funny is I, I got a message today from somebody thanking us for uh making the podcast and it, it, honestly that guys reach out anytime you want and, and say thank you i am always willing to connect with any of you um and and say what's up you know what i mean yeah. if you guys have feedback for us let us know we are always listening to feedback whether it is constructive or not you guys want to say hey you're awesome or you guys want to say hey uh you guys suck but you would suck less if you did this <laughs> we will listen to that too <laughs> I, I get criticism tips all the time and not in a bad way but like in a you know i would really like it if you guys could like incorporate this or do this like it's been like that stuff's great in fact um uh my favorite criticism so far actually came at least it's the one on top of my head came this week and it was from a gentleman i was chatting with he's like you know, like you guys should really look into having a, a thorough write-up after each podcast. Like, you know, go to Fiverr, F-I-V-V-E-R, and um, it's like a journalism platform, and like pay some, you know, aspiring journalists, you know, ten bucks to, you know, listen to your your episode, pick out a few nuggets, and then write something up for you guys so you guys can disseminate. Like that would be really cool. It's like that's actually a really good idea. It's not a bad idea at all. That's yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah. Like, that's, that's my favorite criticism so far. Um, uh, but I also like all the feedback. Like LinkedIn is how we communicate. We, we need to be better at other social media platforms. Obviously. Yeah, we obviously. We drink a lot of beer. So. We drink a lot of beer. We got kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hobbies and whatnot. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I think once once I you know, start doing the brews, I want to do like um, uh, every, every brew that I do, I want to live stream the process yeah Yeah, dude yeah i think so i I don't know i'll figure out the the appropriate platform for that and and make that happen but uh um i don't know man i think uh i think some good things are to come i still think uh we've got to do some playing around with and get some merch out there because oh yeah i think dude i think we're up to some construction grade soap 
construction grade soap. That would be an interesting. Or... <laughs> yeah, actually, it was uh, it was uh, what was it? It was campfire whiskey and gunpowder. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm sold. Good. Right on yeah. the description, like alone, yeah. campfire whiskey and gunpowder. You had me at campfire. You get, like. Patrick, <laughs> you get, you get Patrick McNamara or uh, Ron Swanson to um, yeah. be your spokesperson. I think you'll sell a shitload of that. <laughs> I'm just saying. Dude, I was looking at a Jeep earlier this week, and the color was burgundy, and my mom was like. If you get the Jeep, what would you name it? I'm like, Ron. She's like, why Ron? And I'm like, oh, Ron because it's Ron Burgundy, and it enjoys scotch. It likes scotch. Scotch, scotch, scotch. She's like, a son, you're an alcoholic. I'm like, <laughs> well, what's love like? Well, it's like, skyrockets. <laughs> Flight, afternoon delight. Yeah, there's a... We talked about this again on the last podcast because we talked about this on a, on a lot of podcasts, but there's a genre of movies that I just miss. I am a kid at heart, damn it, and give me some, uh, and I'm inappropriate, give me some, you know, um, Anchorman, give me some old school, give me some, how oh, I don't know, there's there's like 30 of them that are just classics. Give me that, you know, Broken Lizard style humor. Uh, I need some of that, man. Yep. Yes. Do a hell. Do a, a COVID Broken Lizard style movie. All about COVID. <laughs> that shit would be awesome, guys. Oh, Broken Lizard. Let's see some Super Troopers on. Yeah, there you go. Man. Let a COVID Super Troopers. Like, that, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, it would. Although, honestly, I think after COVID, we're all going to be sick of COVID. So much so that we're not going to want to see COVID-related stuff. And that brings me back to AU real quick. This is probably a good good, good, uh, good place to end since we're almost two hours in. Um <laughs> Yeah, hour and 52 minutes. Um, so um, I, I was peeking through the titles, and I didn't see that many COVID-related uh, topics. I was thinking, like, you know, I, I saw a few, but I'm like, there weren't as many as I thought. I was thinking I'd be overwhelmed reading the amount of topics that were um, focusing on, um, you know, uh, using technology for, you know, a pandemic disruption or something like that. Like, adopting new technology to, you know, for displace work, like all this sort of stuff. Like I figured this would be the, um, the norm, like, you know, collaborating in a, in a, yep. uh, in this environment, there that wasn't that pandemic environment. No. Yeah. 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 I don't know if maybe they were just thinking, Oh, people are sick of this. Uh, I think so. I think that's not really the message people want to hear. Hey, if you're sick, you can do this this way, but you know, well, it's not about being sick. It's about like working remote is what I was thinking. And, and that's that, well, really. Yep. Yep. And that's not a message that was really like people weren't harping on the fact that COVID was going on. And and uh, we, we you know, adopted this technology and we saw this benefit because of like that's not the message people were communicating. Um, I don't I don't know why. Hell, I would have. I mean, that would have been my keynote. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been 360 it. because because COVID. you're working from home. Have you ever been trapped at home, away from the office, needed <laughs> access to your files, needed to collaborate with coworkers in a timely manner? You need BIM 360. <laughs> you need to sign up for BIM 360. Take advantage of Autodesk Extended Trap. No, I'm just kidding. 
but I am saying, man, like Bin360, Autodesk shares are skyrocketing right now. Bin360 is the gold standard in this. And uh, there's a lot of great technologies out there, but in our space, um, you know, these type of platforms, they're they're doing really well. They are. They're doing really well. The cloud hosting platforms. I am. uh, Yeah. I am interested to see what happens for uh, AU this year, but um, I think uh, maybe that's a topic for another time uh, because I am all out of beer here. So. Well, I have plenty more beer, but I'm thinking I should I should uh, I should pretty much be calling it soon because. Yeah, those are. (laughs) When you start re- referring to yourself in the third person, maybe we should start cutting it. Like I should be like, <laughs> like all right, Dave said Dave. Dave so, said uh, Dave. So he, we're going to go ahead and just cut this. <laughs> Dave's not here, man. All right. Uh, now a message from our sponsors. Um, thank you for another episode of Brewing with Ben. Bye. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's. I mean, uh, is there anything else you wanted to you wanted to recap on that? I I am excited to show off my brew setup. You know, when we get to it. But uh, uh, again, guys, this is the episode about nothing. Yeah. An ode. And, nothing. An ode to Seinfeld uh, and an ode to uh, uh, construction dorks. You guys do great work and uh, keep putting them out so we can keep listening and getting ideas. Yep. Heck yeah, man. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Dave. Uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you tomorrow, bud. Uh, talk to you tomorrow and for all of you out there thank you for listening and uh, we look forward to it uh, forward to having you on another episode of brewing with them or as we like to call it alcoholics anonymous oh i'm just kidding uh like share uh leave feedback thank you guys